Hey, Forge family. Our last podcast focused on Paul the Apostle's greeting and embrace of the brothers and sisters in Colossae by way of his letter to that church. Their faith, hope, and love were noted. Paul you know, and his team were moved by the, what, the, what they heard from the message that arrived in Rome. And they were moved to pray, to pray on behalf of them. And they were moved to rejoice as the faith that was known about Colossae was reported to them. The good news had come to Colossae, brought by Epaphras and Philemon, and had been grasped immediately, believed by the Colossians, who had been formerly lost in darkness. But now the report to Paul was that there were some distractions, other false teachings of angelic encounters and, quote, higher spiritual knowledge, unquote, were being bandied about so that some in Colossae found their faith in Christ alone to be unstable. There's no panic from Paul, no urgent set of instructions to the church of Colossae. Rather, Paul gets set to teach of the supremacy of Christ that will stand against all heresy. But he has to lay some groundwork first. So let's pray. Lord God, most high. This is nothing new in the way our enemy comes to shift belief in Christ. We too can be shaken if we are not rooted in who Christ is and what he has accomplished by Holy Spirit, doing the will of the Father. Lord, we need fresh, fiery input by that same Holy Spirit to once and for all bolt down the foundations of our faith to you. Keep coming, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, family, grab your Colossians text, notebooks, cup of coffee, and then lean into the scriptures. Press in. Call on Holy Spirit for understanding and application. Here we go. Beginning in chapter 1, verse 9, Paul says, The team in Rome have been praying for their church family, their brothers and sisters in Colossae. Verse 8 spoke of the love, the agape, expressed from the, this church in Asia Minor to Paul. In response, and for that reason, Paul prays back blessings and understanding on them. And beyond prayer for their personal concerns, the team is asking that the Colossians be filled with the knowledge of God's will. To be guided by, to be directed by all spiritual wisdom and understanding. There are 12 specific things that were prayed over the Colossians. They were to be filled with the knowledge of his will. To be filled with all wisdom. To have spiritual understanding. To walk worthy of the Lord. To walk pleasing of the Lord. To be fruitful in all good works. To increase in the knowledge of God. To be strengthened with all might. To have his glorious power. To have all patience to have all long-suffering, and to have joy. There's a prayer. Paul may have used the word filled as an entry shot at some of the false teaching that spoke of fullness or pleroma, which is the Greek word for it. Now that's all going to get addressed later. Paul wants them to acquire full knowledge of Christ and be assured that it came to them from God. 
that they might know that God, what God has done through Christ, which is his plan of salvation worked out, which was his will. All of that has proceeded from the activity of revelation by Holy Spirit. Solomon, writing in Hebrew scripture, says that wisdom begins with the fear, awe, and reverence of God and is combined with knowledge and understanding. Here, Paul uses the Greek word sophia. It's the general word that describes wisdom via mental faculties. And then he adds sunesis, that ability of discerning intelligence to be able to tell right from wrong. And all that now is led by Holy Spirit. Verse 10 gives us the results of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and discernment. It is directing us to walk in a manner, to conduct your life in a way that is worthy of the Lord God. Now, worth here means like value. So we are to live so as to have the weight of the character of Jesus within us to please God in all things. Further, this walk, this life you've chosen is to be constantly bearing fruit for God. Now, that could be a reference to Paul's teaching to the Ephesians about the fruit of the Spirit. Radical spiritual character change as a result of the presence of Holy Spirit. Or it may have included an exhortation to potent, effective evangelism to see many in the Lycus Valley and beyond introduced to Jesus Christ, the risen Lord and Savior. This fruit-bearing was to be on display in every good work and increasing by means of the complete, perfect knowledge of God the Colossians already had. Verse 11 to 12 gives us further results of that wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and discernment so that the Colossians may be strengthened with all power. The focus of that glorious power is endurance. Now here, that's a, drawn from a Greek word, meaning the grit to be able to hold your place in battle array. This was an illustration of how the shield wall worked in ancient armies. Each man, each woman, locks his or her shield to overlap with the one to the right and the one on the left, each standing firm, locked in, each doing their part, each relying on their fellow soldiers so that you don't lose heart or courage. Now, Kent Hughes offers some insight into the man, Sir Winston Churchill. He was invited back to his alma mater, Harrow, to address the students near the end of his storied life of public service, which included guiding Britain through her darkest and finest hours. When the five-foot, five-inch bulldog of a man took the platform, everyone waited breathlessly upon his words, and they would never forget what they heard. Young gentlemen, never give up. Never give up. Never, never, never. And with that, he sat down. Now, the Apostle Paul would have liked that, especially in regard to the gospel, especially in regard to endurance. 
Another way to say that is, he who gives up last wins. Then Paul adds to that endurance, the quality of patience. Ralph Martin says, quote, endurance is a reference to adverse circumstances, where, whereas patience is a reference to difficult people. Moses endured through his Exodus discourses with Pharaoh, but his patience with the people in the wilderness failed at Kadesh, and he lost his right to enter the promised land. King David controlled himself as he both endured and was patient with a man named Shimei, who cursed him as David fled Jerusalem, and as Shimei hurled rocks at God's anointed. It resulted in a greater spiritual victory than the defeat of Goliath. Brothers and sisters, and those who are expressing and practicing endurance and patience make up the church, the ecclesia, which stands honored before the Lord. That is happening today on Mindanao, in China, in North Africa, in Mozambique. It is spreading abroad today. See, that's walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. A further result of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and discernment is joy. This is not heady, cool, restrained stuff. This stuff explodes. It expands. Without joy, endurance and patience can sour and turn inward. With joy, we flame outward in our love for Christ. That joy gives thanks to the Father who makes us sufficient, who renders us fit for his presence, who qualifies us to share in literally the lot, our portion of the inheritance, which is in the realm of light, in the kingdom of light. Verse 13 says, He, God Almighty, delivered us. The Greek word is ruumai, and it means to draw to oneself, to rescue, to deliver. And here, God has delivered the Colossians. Likewise, God has delivered us. And further, God desires to deliver all mankind. Remember, he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, we have been set free from a life with no wisdom, no understanding, no knowledge of God, no discernment. And that, in, in turn, resulted in no endurance, no patience, and no joy. On one of her shows to end a, a broadcast season, Oprah Winfrey said, quote, God is life, and God is love, and your life is always speaking to you. Unquote. Now, family, listen up. She was saying, in her own words, quote, you channel what is within you, unquote. Now, family, if it is light that is within you, then you express and are drawn to holiness, being satisfied, divine revelation, truth, knowledge, love, glory, peace, joy, liberty, 
prosperity. If, on the other hand, you are filled with darkness, you will express and be drawn to sin, disobedience, rebellion, ignorance, blindness, falsehood, hatred, wrath, shame, lack, bondage, and gloom. Another reason for great giving of thanks is the transfer of believers in Christ from the, from the power, from the exousia, that's the word that's used for the power here, of the, of the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of light. This dark, unrestrained, arbitrary power, this exousia, this tyranny of lawlessness is Satan's realm. He and his demonic forces rule over the lost, unsaved world. A hundred thousand people a day die and have to stand before him. And the question is, what did you do with my Jesus? But, but, this transfer was a once and for all wholesale transportation in the spirit from darkness to light. Paul also uses the word mythestemi, which describes historic examples of whole people groups and nations that were removed that were removed from their homelands. The Assyrian captivity of the ten tribes of Israel is but just one example. I was recently at a global iris conference where Heidi Baker shared an account from Mozambique. She said she'd gone out into the bush bush. That's where there's no roads. You just get in your four-wheel drive and you sort of make your own road. And she arrived at this Muslim village and began to stand and to address them in their mother tongue, in, in, the, in the language of Makua. They're, they're Makua people. <clears throat> but when she began to use the name of Jesus, they stoned her. And some of the stones hit her hard. She finally had to retreat with her team to the vehicles that they brought in, and they left. Now, Heidi was really deeply saddened to not be able to introduce them to Jesus, and the bruises from the rocks hurt. So she began to pray, How do I get access, Lord, to these villagers? And the Lord answered, Honor their chiefs. And Heidi said, How do I do that, Lord? And he replied with one word, coffee, which made no sense to Heidi. But she went shopping anyway. And she went to the, the market there in Pemba in northern Mozambique. And a two-kilo sack of ground imported coffee cost $90 U.S. She was shocked and left without the coffee. But simultaneously, her supporters globally, knowing that she loved coffee in the morning, that's all they knew. She loved coffee. They, didn't, they hadn't heard the word from the Lord, but the Lord moved them to begin to send her suitcases full. So when she got the coffee, Heidi loaded her four-wheel drive with a pile of wood, water, a kettle, coffee, and serving ware. She drove back to the village that had stoned her, and she stopped just at the edge of the village so as not to arouse them. She laid out a fire, she boiled the water, she made cowboy coffee, 
And knowing that people in Mozambique drink coffee with five heaping spoons of sugar and a load of cream, she prepared to serve the chiefs. Heidi approached these three leaders and got low to the ground. Because when you come before the chiefs, you have to get below their eye level. They're sitting on the ground. That meant she was lower than that. And so she came before each one and slid forward this cup of coffee. And then she slid back and waited. And she she looked up and, and one of the chiefs was weeping. Tears were coursing down his face. Now quickly she said, you don't have to drink the coffee if it's bad. And yet all chiefs were then looking at one another. And one finally was able to say, the white colonials in East Africa forbade black men from ever tasting coffee. They were profoundly moved and thankful to Heidi. She stood up and began to proclaim Jesus as the only Savior for the Makua people. And the entire village came to Christ. There. There is the wholesale transfer that Paul referred to of being shifted from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. The kingdom of God's beloved son who rules and reigns in light. Verse 14 says, We also have been redeemed from darkness by the paying of a ransom. The very blood of the son of God shed on the cross was the, the resulted in the fact that our sin has been removed, put away, and forgiven when we set our faith in him. All right, Forge family. Let's think about what we've, what we've launched into here. Paul's getting ready to teach the Colossians about the supremacy of Christ. But first he has to make sure that they're all on the same page. That they, that they know uh, and that we know that you have been prayed for in power. That he directly leads them towards a walk that is worthy, towards constantly bearing fruit, towards increasing in knowledge of God, towards becoming strengthened, towards giving thanks. And that thanks in joy was about their share of the inheritance in Christ. They were joyful for their deliverance. They were joyful for the transfer from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light and for the forgiveness of sins. All right, let's pray. Uh, repeat after me as we pray. I'm going to give you a short phrase. You just repeat it. Follow along here. Lord God, Father of Jesus Christ, we give thanks for our inheritance for our deliverance, for our citizenship in the kingdom of light, and for forgiveness of our sins. Now, Lord, by Holy Spirit, set us ablaze. Fill us with being blessed. Fill us with being full of being thankful. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Forge. You're blessed and you're filled. Now go and be thankful.
God bless you. We'll see you soon. I love you.